Welcome in to another edition of the Matt and B Show. Matt, I went ahead and told you, I believe we're going to call this edition Man Up Monday. Somebody needs to man what, up. Everybody, yeah, somebody needs to man up. And with that, here's the man up. Here's Matt. What's going on, brother? I'm not just sitting here waiting on uh, people to man up, get their crap together. So I can turn on the TV and know that sports can professional sports can be played. Is that too much to ask, Brandon? Really? Well, you know, even now in the sports that have supposedly got their de- dates set and all that, there's we hear some pushback from the NBA that they don't want to go in quarantine and follow those guidelines. Um, but most importantly uh, for us and all of our baseball fans, the main story is it continues to be Major League Baseball not coming back currently. Well, yeah, MLB, I mean, just make me a non-believer yet again this week. Um, I don't get it. It's like, and now I've been critical of the players. I've been critical of both sides. But reading the last couple of counts. Oh, there's no, there's no, there's no winners now. There's no, there's nobody winning any PR war currently. No, you called that three weeks ago. But I, I was kind of poo-pooing the players a little bit. And the last two counter offers, proposals, or whatever the owners have given, they're on my uh, man-up crap list, too, even more now, as if they weren't before. But, I mean, it's like they'll throw out an offer. And it's like, okay, Brandon, you ready to do some bargaining? Are you ready? Let's go. Me and you. Ready? Okay. Uh, I've got a – I've got six hats. How about you buy six hats from me? All right. How much you want? Uh, an outrageous amount, but how about you buy them and just say no? Just okay. I'll buy them. No, you're not buying them. Okay. So you didn't, buy, you didn't buy my six hats. Okay. All right. So three days later, I'm going to go propose to you. How about you uh, purchase my half a dozen hats? Does that sound better or does it sound the same? Let's see where we're going here. It said, oh, uh, six and one, half a dozen of the other, huh? Yes. Okay. How about we go uh, seven minus a baker's dozen hats? If, that, if you didn't like six hats, how about seven minus a baker's dozen? That's a better deal for you, Brandon. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'll tell you, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been interesting, and I, and I see where you're going with it and about the owner's side. And yeah, but, but because they're throwing out, it, it's okay, all just... 80% of prorated salary at – 72 games, okay, or 80 or 78% of prorated salary at 68 games, they're, they're not getting any traction anywhere at all. And it's really pissing me the hell off. There, I said it. Uh, I don't know if you read the owner's response uh, to, the, uh, to the players just flat out refusal to even they're not even going to respond oh no they said Manfred just do a deal and get it done that's what they said they've said yeah they've said uh tell us when we're going to be playing our 48 or 50 or 55 whatever magic number that he has that he can put into play um but in the owner's response back to the players association they did say one comment that the players during the agreement that they made back in march which seems like three years ago now just three months but it feels like three years ago um, that the players knew that if they came back with no fans, that these things would be renegotiated, that that was part of the agreement. Now, 
who's to believe? Do we have do- documented proof? All of that. But that was what they were saying in their response. Off on. Yes. We, we talked that the players signed off on it. Yes, back in March. We talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah. Now, so, once again, they, they, that's what they're hanging their hat on. And, and if that's the case, then, you know, boo on the players. If that, if that is truly what was agreed to. Well, the players are now more openly – well, the Players Association, Tony Clark, is now openly pretty much coming out and saying – Look, yeah, we agreed upon that, but but well, well, we didn't know everything fully that we agreed upon. This contractually wasn't in there back in March. A bunch of horse shit. There, I said it. I'm sorry. This is supposed to be a PG thirteen show. This is really getting on my nerves. With all that being said, if the owners opened their books up, I honestly feel like none of this would happen. The players truly feel like they're being lied to. Uh, it's a what a fifteen billion dollar a year industry, but every owner is claiming losses. I, I'm I'm leaning player here just a little bit now. Tomorrow I may up because some the players association has some stupid counter proposal, and then I'll go back owner. But I do understand where the players are coming from. Now I don't agree with it because all you're doing is making yourself look stupid in the eyes of the court of public opinion. Right, and speaking of the owners opening up their books, uh, what about the news that MLB has reached a billion-dollar deal with Turner Sports to air playoff games going forward? Yeah, man, that's great timing, huh? Yeah, great timing for the owners there. That just really helps their cause in any talks that they have. But I was reading it, and it said uh, Turner was paying $310 million a year as part of a $787 million postseason media package, which also postseason games, as if anybody's a baseball fan, you know, all those games are on Fox, ESPN, MLB Network, and TBS, depends on ALCS, ALDS, and vice versa. Um, but, yeah, so the, the owners, uh, we ain't got no money, but we just inked this major deal with Turner Sports. <laughs> it's not a good look. I mean, both sides, there's no good look <laughs> about them. It, it get something, man. For just going throw in there fifty games that you are uh, mandate that you can do. I should say by the last twenty sixteen CBA, I guess collective bargaining agreement. Just do it. Play the mean uncle that comes in the room and yells at his nephews to play along nicely. Just do it. Get it done. Because the more this hangs out in the media. No, if baseball starts, let me say this. If baseball starts, no one's going to remember they're getting to play 72 games or 50. Everyone just wants to see baseball start. So if Manfred lays the hammer and it's 48 or 50 games, just start baseball and everyone will move on. But the more this yeah. whirls in daily uh. contractual back and forth and everything else, it's a terrible look. For both sides. But Matt, you've got to hear this headline for this uh, from this article on Forbes.com. Uh, I know you're a big reader of Forbes.com. I, I, you tell me about it all the time. Well, I, uh, I keep waiting on my name to pop up in Forbes.com. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm trying. Trying every day. Um, but they say, with the TBS renewal, MLB could see $2 billion annually from national TV contracts. With a B, $2 billion annually just from the national TV contracts. Assuming that doesn't 
cover their regional TV contracts that they have. This is just television. This is nothing else. Just television rights to the nationally televised games. Yeah, and the players know that, but the owners are screaming no concessions and no gate money, so woe is me. The TV contracts drive the bus for these owners. I mean, and that's just for TBS. That's not their deal with Fox. That's not their deal with ESPN. Oh, playoff runs or whatever, for sure. (laughs) Well, Uh, it sounds like MLB does math uh, in terms of the way Kyrie Irving does math. Yeah, I went there. I'm over him and his comments, too. (laughs) I mean, well, speaking speaking of that man up, let's let's go right to Kyrie. he is he is certainly entitled to his opinion. He is certainly right. entitled to his opinion. How well, back it up. Let's 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 to to be fair to Kyrie. Okay. His comments. I'm oh, there goes the dog. The dog Blue doesn't like Kyrie's comments either. <laughs> so Kyrie comes Ladies and gentlemen, that's Blue the uh, the official dog of the Mountain Beach. Blue is the official dog of the Mountain Beach. If he does that a little outburst again, he will no longer so Kyrie Irving comes out, absolutely stud basketball player, one of the best around right now in the NBA. I don't support going into Orlando. I'm not with the systematic racism and the BS. Something smells a little fishy. Kyrie Irving on Players Call Friday, per sources, I'm willing to give up everything I have for social reform, close quote. So, we should all, we Lord, we should all understand. It's a very sensitive time right now. Kyrie Irving is more than welcome to his opinion. He is an American. He is. He has that God-given right, that freedom to do so. I'm not taking that away from him. Okay? But what is him not playing with his teammates and in the National Basketball Association? What does that say or do to help the systematic racism and the BS, his quote. What, what does that do? Well, you, one would think is if he was playing, he'd have the platform a little bit higher. That's my point. Exactly. That was my first thought. Every post-game conference, after you put up 28 and dished out 10 dimes, that microphone's going to be in your face. Say what you will. I'm not going to begrudge a man for having his comments, and if he has that media outlet to do so, fine. No, and that, and that's we talked about that the other day when we touched on the Drew Brees situation, uh, which was for me sad. We had to call a situation because you know we have that whole First Amendment thing, and I, everybody has has the right to their own opinion. So, by all means, Kyrie, if he wants to say something, say it. For sure. I'm I'm not holding the man back to say what he feels he needs to say. And he's right. It is a crappy time in America right now, especially for the African-American people who, quite frankly, are guilty or excuse me, not guilty, Lord. Being unjustly treated is what I'm trying to say. And it's sad. It's a shame. It sucks. I wish I could fix it. I really wholeheartedly do. But I'm not a Kyrie Irving. Matt, no one cares about Matt Rigsby. I will never have a platform that Kyrie Irving could have to help fix it. And for him to just, he, he says something smells a little fishy about the NBA returning in Orlando. 
What is the NBA trying to do here that's fishy? Get everybody together to play basketball again so our world has some type of normalcy? Well, I mean, I think any person with half a brain would think that they're trying to put money in their pockets, and hence they need the players, and hence money would go in their pockets. Well, the NBA is kind of a different story because at least the owners had – well, how many games did they get in – 40-ish or so before the COVID shutdown? Oh, I mean, we were about to play off. We were, what were we, 65, 70 games? Oh, okay. I was way off. Something like that. So, with that being said, the NBA can be – they're not in this contractual deal between them and the the players and the owners, you know, as MLB is. But what smells fishy about people coming together and playing a game that you get paid a lot of money to play that you claim that you love to play. Something smells a little fishy. I don't understand that comment at all. Yeah. And uh, the Brooklyn Nets have played 64 games. So, you know, we were, we were about 65 games of the season, depending on who, how many, who, what team you were. So. I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times. Now, Kyrie Irving, is a black man in America. I am not. I am not trying to sound insensitive. A lot of injustices are going down regarding people of color. I am not trying to say anything different than that. This is a sports comment or sports-related comment only here regarding just go play the game that you signed up to play. Oh, that you get paid a ton of money to play as well. If you have things to speak out upon regarding issues of our country, by all means, speak out on them. What better way can you speak out on them? Are you going to sit at home and not go play with your team? Or are you going to be on the NBA network or TNT or whatever every night? And I think this comes in our portion of our Man Up Monday. Um, You know, this is your job. You go do your job. This is what you're paid to do. Just like I'm paid to go do my job, you're paid to go do your job. And when we're supposed to be at work, we go work. Just like the baseball players, man up, go do your job. Owners, man up, go do your job. It's, uh, um, you know, there's time, place. You can say whatever you need to say. All about it, all for it. We want everybody's opinion. Give it to us. I want to hear it. You know, don't have to agree with it. But that's everybody's right, and that's why our country, what is it, what is built on, and we got to keep it that way to keep it like we want it. And so everybody should have that voice whenever they want to give it. Uh, yes, and and very well said by you. But I want ever I want to be clear here. Austin, excuse me, Kyrie Irving. We can get to Austin Rivers later. Kyrie Irving, Austin Rivers, whomever, Drew Brees. They're all entitled to their opinion. And I respect the fact that they are entitled to their opinion. I don't disagree with. I don't disrespect. I just don't understand why you give some some backlash, some disagreement upon playing a game that you've played all your life, that you are making money playing. I, I, I don't get that. Well, here's the thing, though. You don't have to. You can you don't have to play. Don't play. No, and I don't have to agree with them either. Don't get me wrong. 
I don't have to agree with them, and nor do they care. Should no. they care that I agree with them? It's a free country, and I respect their right. No, and nobody should. I mean, most people probably don't care what they have to say. Well, it, and, but, and, and that's fine too. But back to your point, you don't have to play. That's but that's fine. their right to say it. Don't expect a paycheck. That's right. I mean, just like baseball. I mean, it's, it's it's goes through every sport right now. If anybody who's balking about not getting back to work, yes, we want sports. We are talking about a kid's game where people get paid a bunch of money. Even the people who, in the realm of pro sports, aren't the best players but are still professional athletes, they're still making a pretty decent living with their six-figure salary. Well, yes, and guess what, Freddie Freeman – and yes, he's a white dude, so I don't want to make anyone to make this about color at all. You cannot throw that at me. This is about comments that a grown man, a grown man makes. Excuse me. When you make those comments in the public, you are a public figure. People pay their hard-earned money to come watch you play, play because at the end of the day, you're an entertainer, by the way. And you make those comments, you are subject to us to have this conversation. Freddie Freeman, Mike Trout. Uh, well, we've McMahon, heard the comments from. Matter. When you throw these comments out here, well, we've heard the comments when we first started that we heard from Blake Snell, we heard from from Bryce Harper. Oh, I know, but I guess to finish my point, as I'm rambling, as I always do, unfortunately, I'm sorry about that. When you throw those comments out there. People like you and I are not going to relate to you because all we want to do is watch you play a game that you make a crap ton of money playing. It's that simple. Yeah, it goes back to the money. It goes back to the money in the MLB with the players and the owners. To Kyrie's credit, he's not talking about money. I don't really know what he's talking about. He's talking about some, you know, some social injustice. Austin Rivers gets in there and everything else. Yes, and he's entitled to do that. However, what better platform can you do it on? Playing this game that so many of the youth and so many of people of our age group watch nightly or sitting at home? I don't get it. He's, he's entitled to say whatever, just like anybody is, and that's why we live in this country, and that's what it was built on. But whoever's listening is also entitled to not agree with that and say the exact opposite. If that is their, how they feel about it. Well, let me give you Austin Rivers comments via tweet quote, trying to figure out the correlation. The old, the dude emoji with his hands thrown up. Us coming back would be putting money in all our NBA players pockets with this money. You could help out even more people and continue to give more importantly, your time and energy towards the BML Black Lives Movement. Okay? He got me right there. I agree with that. You coming out saying, I'm not going to play, is not helping anything. How about you come out, not that you have to, it's the money that you make, but if you if you choose to play and make it, train these idiot white cops who are doing idiot stupid things. Or whatever that money needs to go to, to reform, to help our country, like, get together and be right again. Okay. Let me continue. 
which I'm 100% on board with because change needs to happen and injustice has been going on too long. I agree with that. But also, not to mention there are plenty of NBA players I know who need them paychecks. 99% of the NBA hasn't made the money a guy like Kyrie has. Not to mention NBA basketball is predominantly African-American, and a lot of our audience is too. Us providing entertainment and hope for kids is important. Also keeping some kids indoors and watching basketball games on TV instead of maybe going out and getting into trouble. Close quote. I just I don't know where this whole country has went wrong. Uh, racism is a part of it, and I hate it. It, it sickens me. It saddens me. Uh, well, I'll go on record here and say the Matt and B show is against racism of any sort. It, it's that, it's that simple. And I mean, I, I don't think it's uh, an issue. I, I, I'm not saying it's not an issue. I'm just saying I, I don't. That's an easy statement to make. I'm against it. Of, of, of course. <laughs> and I, I guess where I'm coming from is these athletes who speak out. You're entitled. You're entitled to do so. That's fine. I'm not taking that away from you. I just really wonder what good you think a uh, Kyrie Irving thinks. Saying, no, nah, I may not play. No, something smells fishy here. What are you trying to solve? Yeah, like I said, that's their right. You don't want to play, don't play. And then that, and that's perfectly okay. That, and, and once again, that is your freedom and your right to do so. But don't cry when you don't get a paycheck. Yeah, I mean, it's you don't play, you don't get paid. Just like you don't work, you don't get paid. It's It's a simple concept. You give a service and you get funds for it. Um. You know, Matt, we we talked about this before we even started the show. That you know, we weren't we weren't doing politics on the show, and I don't I don't consider this politics. No, we're not doing politics we, now, Brandon. We're talking about athletes no, making no. comments. That's what we're talking about. Again, right, folks, right. now, whatever. Continue. But we do talk about sports, and we talk about the business of sports to the best of our knowledge. Of you know, we've already talked about we've talked about how many games teams played. We've talked about how much money owners are going to make. We've talked about salary caps. We've talked about even today, TV deals and what the uh, MLB is getting those TV deals. Um, you know, people don't want, I don't think, for the most part, any politics in their sports. They want sports for their outlet. We like that escape. We want to go and cheer on or boo, if that's what you want to do, your favorite or least favorite team and rivals. That's what sports is all about. We want to boo officials. We want to tell them they're horrible. Uh, no offense to friends, friends of the show officials, but that's what a lot of people want to do. Um, well, and, and, and I think this, I, let me, I'll finish this part. I, I just think, and I sent this to you today that ESPN had hit an all time low in ratings 41 years. ESPN has been on the air and this is the lowest ratings they've ever had. And, I know there's no sports right now, and that could be some of it. But what are we talking about on those shows all the time right now? Well, I'm, I, I don't watch ESPN. I can't speak to that. I really don't. Well, I'm saying what, what would be the reason for these all-time lows? Is it the cord cutting? Is it no sports? Is it from what 
they seem to be slanted in a political direction? Is there more? Has, has Fox Sports taken over some of their viewing? Has Barstool? Has podcast? Has any of these other places just took these viewers away from them? Well, I mean, I'm sure the fact that there's no sports is number one. But, I mean, number two, it's – I would like to – and you did send me that, by the way, and thank you for that. You know, what? what is their online viewership looking like? I mean, it's – I don't know there's so many more outlets. Not, not, there's not just your normal satellite cable. I mean, they have, of course, they have the other models. There's ESPN Plus and then all that stuff. I get it. Well, also, maybe a factor to it is the fact that um, the people that you're throwing out there every day, you know, sports anchors and whatnot, broadcasters, they're really not that much of a quality anymore. I mean, Dan Pratt. No, they've lost, you, lost a lot of their yeah. quote-unquote stars that used to be there. Yeah, and so I, I couldn't speak to that. What I will speak to is this. Athletes, Blake Snell, Drew Brees, Kyrie Irving. You're entitled. You're entitled to your opinion. It's a free country. You vote like I do. You're entitled to your opinion. However, understand, you are entertainers. And with that comes a responsibility to simply entertain if you want to continue to garner that paycheck. Man up. Go play your game. We'll be glad to continue to feed your salary via buying popcorn and whatever and tickets and parking, man up and go play. And if you have a problem with that, okay, go call Johnny who lost his grandfather to COVID. Go call Jenny who works two jobs to to make ends meet. No one in our blue-collar world is going to understand you. It's that simple. Now, if the NBA came out and done something due to a social injustice and you want to speak out against that, well, of course, by all means. Hell, I may stand up with you. That's fine. But if you're just going to call the NBA, going to NBA in Orlando something fishy, really, and you're not going to back that up at all, no, hush and go play basketball. Almost kind of sounds like you said, shut up and dribble. I didn't say it. I said, hush and go play basketball. And I didn't say, shut up. <laughs> damn, damn it, Brandon. I didn't even think about shut up and dribble. Thanks for saying that. I just, it infuriates me that it'd be like my son, Race, saying, no, Dad, they're, they, they want to offer me $2 million to go play a game that I've been playing for eight years. Uh, but I, I want two point five. Well, you don't always get what you want. Go play. Where am I wrong here? It's infuriating. Well, I wish I could disagree with you. I think people would like to hear us argue about it, but I, I don't think there's any disagreeing. It's just you you go play, and especially now as a fan, you know, and that's all we can speak of as a fan. You know, we're fans here talking about the plights of millionaires and billionaires. Um, but... You know, it's just I can't disagree. I can't disagree at all. I mean, if if an athlete came out 
who if a, if a worker at Taco Bell came out because they were uh, a, a victim of a socially unjust situation and they spoke out against it, I'm on board, baby. Yes, I'm with you. Let's fix that situation. That should not happen to you. Kyrie Irving, no, now something has happened to to your race, your people of color. But did the NBA do anything to that or about that? I should or did the NBA are they guilty? The association that you work for are they guilty of any of this crap? No, rogue idiot white cops are guilty of this crap, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not the biggest NBA fan in the in the world of professional sports. Um, I mean, I'll just probably give you my rundown. You know, I'm I'm watching baseball first, and then I'm probably watching football, and then honestly, I may watch hockey before I watch an NBA game. Big Preds fan, obviously, here in the national market, but uh, I have to give it to the NBA during this time, though. I think they've handled their stuff about as good as any other sports league, if not better. Completely agree. So, Kyrie, now what's the problem? I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get it either. And obviously, folks, we're here to entertain you as well. It's what we try to do here every Monday and Friday on the Matt and B Show. Uh, If you're looking for other outlets to catch us, we are on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and our home at Anchor. Um, And also many other outlets, Pocket Cast, I believe, is one, Radio Public. Um, I'm probably missing a couple, but we're we're out there. If you want to hear us, we are here and available. Many of that, let's share it with your friends. And Matt, I tell you, what, we're going to man up Monday. We're not going to take a break today. What do you say? We'll just go right into Matt's trivia. Well, now that you threw it on me, I guess I have to man up. No, don't I? I'll tell you what. I, I'll give you a little respite. I'll go right to our day in sports. Well, don't think that I wasn't ready. I mean, I'm always ready. Oh, I know you weren't ready. I know. I know you weren't ready. It's okay. It's okay. You can man up after I do. Tell me for no reason. Go ahead. Thanks, Kyrie. <laughs> so, as this episode drops on June the fifteenth, on this day, Matt, nineteen seventy-seven, uh, the New York Mets traded the franchise Tom Seaver to the Cincinnati Reds for Pat Zachary. Uh, obviously, I was not around in 1977, but I was told that was not a good day for the New York Mets. Any day that's not a good day for the New York Mets is a good day for me. I can tell you that. That's true. That's true. But rough day for, for Seaver getting traded to Cincinnati for him. Um, also, another baseball trade on this day in 1983, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals traded first baseman Keith Hernandez. <laughs> To the New York Mets for Neil Allen and Rick Ownby. I believe the Mets got the best of that trade. Agreed. Keith Hernandez was a part of the greatest sign, one of the greatest Seinfeld episodes of all time. Along with former Braves pitching coach Roger McDowell. 100% correct. And there was the second spitter. I've heard that. If there's been rumor of that for years, been rumor of it. Uh, and also, I tell you what, I'll save my history one for to, for the end of the show. I'll, I'll save that one. But that's our day in sports, uh, a couple of Mets trades. So you can't say that we are completely Atlanta Braves slanted. We did give you some, some Mets 
history there. One good and one bad for them. Yeah, but you can say we are Atlanta Braves landing because I don't like talking about the Mets. So there you go. <laughs> I mean, I Chipper named the Sunshade, so I guess I should give in a little bit. There you go. Here's what it is. All right, trivia. Uh, so tonight, as as we currently tape our little spill here, our podcast, the show won't kick off until tomorrow, which would be Monday the 15th. But tonight is the airing of the new 30 for 30, for 30 if I can speak, uh, regarding the, what's it called, the Long Gone Summer? with Long Gone Summer. Yes, with Sosa McGuire. Now, I'm saving that mm-hmm. for tomorrow. It is to be recorded. It is recording. Uh, but let's, let's do some 1998 baseball trivia in honor of the Long Gone Summer. And I can tell you right now, come Friday, I can't wait to dive into this. It's it, it just sounds like a neat little deal. Now, the last dance was awesome. We've hit the last dance ad nauseum, but I'm ready for this one for sure. Absolutely. Can't, can't wait for this one. Live through it. Watched it all. At nightly. It's just nightly. It. You just had to. Yeah. Excited to see. Uh, I remember where, exactly where I was watching uh, McGuire hit the homer that passed Maris. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's vivid right now. So it's a wonder you wasn't in my house or I wasn't in church. I was at home. I know that. And you weren't around. I was at my house, and I believe there was a, another Cardinals fan at my house. So. Oh. Now, yeah. We're going Mets and Cardinals. It's like. Just throw a Yankees guy in there while you're at it, and we have the trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 1998, here we go. So, number one in home runs for the league was whom? 98 was McGuire. Okay, with 70. Number two was mm-hmm. L.O. Bosa, 66. 66. Okay. Can you give me two of the three, four, and five of the league? In homers. In 98? Mm-hmm. I've already said that's the uh, year, buddy. I mean, I, I, you can't. Yeah, I Let's see. Brady Anderson. No. That was like 96-ish. That might have been earlier. And, and you can't tell me he wasn't he juiced up when he hit 50. I mean, come on. Yeah, I thought he hit 50 in 98. I was wrong. So, uh, Alex, could you say that a little louder? I didn't hear that. What did you say? Uh, I'm, I'm thinking. I'm oh, I said I was wrong. I apologize. So, I need a three, oh, four, no. and that's five. Uh, Griffey. Ooh, nice. All right. Griffey was third with 56. One of these you can get. The other one I don't foresee you getting. I'm just going to tell you that right now. And you better not, your ass better not be Googling right now. Let's just say that right. No, no Googling. No All Googling. Right. Well, you're taking a while, so it's making me think a little bit. You got Griffey. No, just thinking. Just thinking. I got Griffey. Griffey at 56. One of these you can possibly get. Think just bomber of an of the era. But the other one, I just, this is what made me like the question. Let's see. I don't think it wasn't Bonds. He hadn't started juicing as much yet until after this. These things are true. Yes. Things are true. Um... Can I, can I give you one hint? Because this the one of the two. I'm just Galarraga. No, you, you went Rocky there. You know, mile high. I understand that. One, you should get this. I'm Cleveland Indian. Tommy. No, good guess. The other Cleveland Indian from the right oh, side. Manny. 
Fat Albert. Oh, Albert Bell. Yeah, Albert Sorry. Bell was fifth. Hey, you, you got that, that. The Indians lineup was deep during that Man, time. So. Tell me, uh, it was awesome. If you had anybody other than Charles Nagy and Dennis Martinez, I mean, come on. Uh, Greg Vaughn uh, hit 50 jacks. That's all that. I was about to say Greg no, Vaughn. No, you wasn't. Yes, I was. He was on. I see. I had him in my mind. What were you waiting on? Well, I was going to guess somebody else first, so, and then I was going Greg Vaughn with the Padres. Okay, all lies. So Griffey with fifty six, Vaughn with fifty, Albert Bell with forty nine. Okay. So I did see Albert Bell play. I did see the Indians came. They did a uh, a little major league tour to their minor league ballparks, and the Indians and the Cardinals played at Greer Stadium in Nashville. Really? I saw the Indians. Boy. Yeah. Well, thanks for the invite. That's, that's I appreciate that very much. All right, yeah. give me a question number two. Putting it on the tee for you. First National League pitcher in 1998. Oh, well, in the year it happened, 1998. First National League pitcher to strike out 20 in one game. Oh, Kerry Wood. Yes, very easy. You're welcome. All right, who yeah. won the 1998 World Series? Easy game. Or easy that would be the New York Yankees. All right, now, who did they play? San Diego Padres. Well done. Not any? No? Okay. Uh, Kevin, uh, they played Kevin Brown, basically, he, and, and Greg Vaughn. They didn't have a bad lineup, however. We'll get back to the Padres. No, I'll have, what they, Gwen and Caminiti and... We'll, we'll get back to the Padres. Padres. Just slow down. Slow down. Okay. All right. I grew up. Sorry, did, did you grow up like me watching the Little League World Series? I'm going to be get off my lawn guy here. Um, I've never been a fan of the Little League World Series. No. Even when I was little, I didn't like Well, it. this show's over. Sean Burroughs is the draft <laughs> in the 1998 draft. I <laughs> by the Padres. Anyway. All right. Who was drafted number one overall? Who has... In 98. In 1998. I'm not going to give you time was it? to Google. It wasn't Sean Abner, was it? No, it wasn't him. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know that one. He was a Philly. Pat Burrell. Not a bad little career. Oh, from the U. If I'm not mistaken. Indeed. Indeed. Arkansas boy, but from the U, yeah. which is a great, great 30 for 30. Hey, also my trivia back to you, uh, Sean Burroughs, his father, uh, played in the major leagues and was an Atlanta Brave, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I thought it was my trivia segment, but, you know, whatever. Well, there you go. It's i got to add something in there every time. All right. Yeah, All right. This Subway eating, Subway sandwich eating future Yankee Hall of Famer was drafted 20th overall in the first round. Oh, boy. Mariano Rivera. CC Sebastian. Not 98. Not 98. Yeah, not 98. That's your biggest trivia gap ever. I just want that. It was. That's not 98. CC Sebastian was 20th overall in 1998. Okay, that made me happy. All right, moving on. After the draft. Hmm. Yeah, after the draft. All right. So, who's the first player? Let's go 90s. Let's just go 90s baseball only here. Okay. In 1990, someone 
was the first player to win batting titles in three consecutive decades. Whom would that have been? George Brett. That's you're gonna get you're gonna get a well done on that one. George Brett. I mean hitting machine. Oh, he was you know what he the Royals had some great teams in the late seventies. But no pitching to go with to with the lineup. Well, they they just had to play the Yankees in the late seventies. Yeah. And we all know the Yankees are cheaters, so there's that. Yeah. But the, there was the setting seventy seven to seventy eight, they may have played them and they guess both years. It was it was tough. All right, you're gonna like this one. Which of these players became no longer active after the nineteen ninety eight season? Dave Steeb, Doug Jones, Oral Hershiser, or Stan Belinda. Stan Belinda is gonna be the reason that you're gonna like this question, by the way. Before you answer Dave, Steve, Doug Jones, Oral Hershiser, or Stan Belinda. Give our listeners a little background on why we love Stan Belinda so much. Oh, Stan Belinda is the reason why I see it slid. We love him very much. I'll send him a Christmas card every year. Also a former Brave. But... Yeah, he was. Wow. Well... All right. Which of these players were no longer active after 1998? Dave, Steve. Dave, Steve. it. How did you guess that? That was a straight guess. Don't even act like it wasn't. No, Steve had been around for a long time. He he pitched them in eighties, mid eighties, quite a bit. So he did have a very, very, very nice career as a pitcher. All right, in April nineteen ninety five, just in Canada. Sorry. There you go. In April nineteen ninety five, which federal judge named to the U.S. Supreme Court in two thousand nine ended the labor dispute? You like my theme here because I'm afraid it's when the collective bargaining agreement goes down next year, we might be in one of these, ended the labor dispute that sparked the 1994 strike of the MLB season. Which current Supreme Court judge? Uh, it's Clarence Thomas. How about Sonia Sotomayor? Sotomayor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me give you a couple more here. All right. You you mentioned which Padres pitcher in 1998 did you mention? Kevin Brown. Yes, you did. He went 18 and 7, had a 2 3 ERA. <laughs> Andy Ashby is an easy one. Andy yeah. Ashby was always a Padre, so I'm not giving you that one. Give me one more. Play for the Braves as well. Yes, Andy he did. Ashby. Give me one more starter off of that rotation. Sterling Hitchcock. Damn it, boy. Well done. He started 39 <laughs> games that year. Yeah, I think he had a pretty good season that year. And I can safely tell you, stepping on my own toes here, I could not have told you Mark Langston was a 1998 Padre. Yes, I did. I know oh, of course, of course you did, Brandon. Of course you did. <laughs> but do you know the famous person that Mark Langston was traded for? Uh... From Seattle or the Angels? He was a Mariner and an Angel. I know he's an Angel. He's a Mariner again, correct? He's a Mariner and an Angel and another team. Who would have hit? Well, the Padres. We've established that. Who would have hit? Have he been traded for? Well, he was a Mariner and 
got sent north of the border to Montreal for another lefty Randy who's a little Johnson. bit tall. Yeah, Randy Johnson. I could not have told you Mark Langston was in the main Randy Johnson trade. Well, he was the trade. There was two other guys I think went with Randy Johnson to Seattle, and Randy wasn't even the the main person in that deal. Wow. Well done, Montreal. All right, last one, just because I didn't know this one, and I'm going to step on my own toes yet again. Who played first base for that 1998 Padres team? Played first base for the Padres mm-hmm. team? Uh, let's see. I think Cam and was at third. Wally Joyner. <sighs> That's your trivia, folks. <laughs> Gummit, huh? Former Brave also, by the way. <laughs> Dang. You done well. <laughs> I I could have told you Wally Joyner or Mark Langston was a Padre. <laughs> Honestly, you know, growing up, Wally Joyner was. I, hey, when he came up his rookie year in like the mid '80s, there with the Angels, he was tough. Greg Jeffries, Wally Joyner, like that's all you heard. So, I, mean, I think he had some pretty monster seasons for the for the mid '80s there. Right? Late 80s. I mean, it was – we didn't get a lot of those 3,510 RBI seasons during that those times, and he was a couple seasons there. I think he had those exactly. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that you didn't get my Wally Joyner question in trivia. So, that makes me happy. That I didn't get your Wally Joyner question? That you did question? not get my Wally Joyner question in trivia. Oh, I didn't get it right? I don't feel I, – I don't recall that you did. I can say that. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. You done well, Dad Gummit. I hate to say that. You done well. <laughs> so do you remember where you were for the uh for the big home run chase in ninety eight? And for the for the last one for number sixty two. Brother, it was uh, I was at home every night watching it. ESPN, there was no Sunday night baseball. It was every night baseball following that chase. Oh no, they came in every at bat. Yes. I mean I was there every night. That was probably, full disclosure here, thinking back, we probably didn't get the good old satellite dish at my house until 95-ish, 94, no, 95, 96-ish. And so we were kind of just, unless I went to your house, we were kind of new to ESPN, newer, I should say. But yeah, you had to follow it. You just had to. Especially, even if you weren't a baseball fan. I mean, my sister was coming downstairs when they break in to see if Sammy Sosa was at bat, see if he hit a home run or not. I mean, she gives nothing, zero craps about baseball. Her and everybody else in the country. You just had to. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a time, to say the least. I mean, like I said, it was just, it was appointment viewing, and you didn't know when your appointment was. <laughs> Very true. It was just... And it, well, it, and, Two, of course, Wrigley Field, most games back then, how whatever the percentage was, was played, you know, day games, so they had to push all those at night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was just must see. You had to tune in. Well then it just turned t- turns out if if I'm not mistaken, he hit sixty two off the Cubs, did he not? Yeah, because don't you am I making this up here where Sam, you know, there's a stoppage of play and Sammy comes out. Yeah. Um, I'm, Traxel, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm looking this up to make sure we're correct. 
some reason I'm thinking Steve Traxel. I'm looking it up myself, and I'm not. I will tell you, Mark McGuire's historic seventh home run baseball. So Tuesday, one Tuesday, I should say, for three. Yes, yeah, Steve Traxel. Three million dollars. Wow. Now you got a. All I remember is that of all the home runs McGuire hit, which you know most of the time you think of these majestic, just towering, just I mean he tattooed a baseball, and this sucker just eked over the left field fence at Bush Stadium. <laughs> this is a, a article by give him credit here, Patrick Keith, maybe Cuff, I don't know. The heading is. This is from the Boston Globe three days ago. How the home run race rescued baseball in 1998. Did it truly rescue baseball? It revitalized baseball. Yeah. I'm I'm all gloom and doom if, if, if they can't get things together, you know, with the MLBPA and the owners right now. I'm not going to be this guy – that says, oh, if they strike, come to CBA or whatever. I'll never watch baseball again. Baseball will always come back. I don't st- – I still don't know that McGuire and Sosa rescued baseball. I said they didn't rescue. They revitalized. They brought eyes to the – they brought the non-everyday fan back. They gave it an opportunity to be must see TV nightly again, yes. But you know, they took it, they took it to the masses, and those people that just like us who, you know, let's say the Braves start playing August 1st, six o'clock, or I'm still gonna say they play at 6 05. I was gonna say, don't, um, don't give it an even, even time. That just that yeah, would not so be TBS. That's my life. They will play at 6 05 or 6 35. You know, I'll be watching that game as long as I'm in front of a television. Well, here's my contention. Cal Ripken Jr. brought back baseball the year the years before. Oh, now we've talked about this. Well, apparently no I... one listened because Cal Ripken Jr. brought his lunch pail every day and set an illustrious record that will never be broken. You heard it here first. If you disagree with me, don't email the show. Forget you. It will never be broken. Because what he did related more to the common folk that we, like you and I, who we talked about earlier regarding the Man Up Monday. People wanted to just simply see a do a good guy do good, and ESPN hit that every night. They they really did. Cal Ripken Jr. brought back baseball. Well, Cal, Cal was the story coming out of the strike, even after uh, the season after. But to bring it back to its glory, if you want to say to its glory, if that's a term I can use, um, I got to disagree. I got to think it was. I think it was Sosa McGuire. Uh, tread lightly here, young man, because <laughs> if McGuire and Sosa are bringing it back to its glory. I would contest that by saying it brought it into another dark age of baseball regarding the PEDs. 
I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> no, but we damn sure do now. <laughs> we do now. But at the time, it brought more and more fans. Like I said, and that's that's what owners and the teams want. That's what MLB wants is they want the fans that aren't normally there. We, we've, we've talked about this. We've texted back and forth about this, and I've made the comment to you that baseball fans are extremely loyal. We're a different breed. There's no doubt about it. We're a different breed. Um, and, you know, we want our baseball players to be loyal. It is a very loyal game. It's a game steeped in tradition. We have superstitions, crazy superstitions, all this stuff. It's... You know, we're just it's a it's a different fan base. Oh, I'll give you one. My son's playing this weekend. Well, Coy, I don't coach his bunch. I coach race, you know. So I have to be up. But uh when Coy's at bat, I, I can't sit down. That's my superstition. I just can't sit down. Now it's a nervous twitch maybe or it's a superstition. But yes, we are a different breed. We truly are. Um I'm trying to find a tweet by, I say my guy, just because I love him. Of course, I don't know him. Uh, Jim Bowden, former Washington Nationals uh, GM, former Cincinnati Reds GM. He's on MLB Network Radio. Um, mm-hmm. Man, if I could find it. He he really kind of sums some stuff up where you had hit me earlier regarding what all we're missing out on. And man, he really tweets a lot. <laughs> so I'm trying to scroll through here. Um, what what he pretty much said is, we're missing out on Mike Trout in his prime. We're missing out on. I know he didn't say this. We're missing out on Nick Markakis's maybe outside shot at three thousand hits. We're missing out on Manny Machado, Juan Soto, Ronald Cunha Jr. We're missing out. Uh, Lord, give me some more just high-profile pucks. Uh, that's what we're missing because you can't get your crap we're, we're missing missing the moments. That's what we're missing. I mean, it, it, baseball is such a – like I said, we're a different breed, and that may go to the numbers and how much numbers mean to the game and how people get bent out of shape over numbers when – Steroids have been involved, and Houston Astros have been involved, the Yankees, the Red Sox, with anything that is detrimental to the game. Baseball fans do not like it at all. <laughs> I got your tweet right here. Okay. Jim Bowden. We're missing the genera- this generation's best player, Mike Trout, in his prime. We're missing Cole, meaning Cole Hamels, debut with the New York Yankees, and Betts, Mookie Betts, with the Los Angeles Dodgers. We're missing Pujols, Chase of Ruth and Grinky. Pujols' chase of Ruth, Grinky's chase of 3,000 strikeouts. Make a deal, compromise, or implement, but do it now. And, man, that hit me, Brandon. I mean, what if you're like a Sonny Gray, who we hope to have on the show one day, by the way, who just revitalized his career in Cincinnati. If you saw his second-half numbers last year, great job, Sonny Gray, local product. And, and he can't build on that momentum. You know, he, he can't carry that into you know, what he did last season into this season. The kid who's trying to break through, uh, there's so much that all of us 
and the players are missing out on. Man up. It's Monday. Man the hell up. I think that's our message for the day is man up. Um, Matt, I did have one question I thought of. We were talking about Ripken and the streak never be broken. So I'm going to give you about four or five of these stats, these numbers that you tell me. Which one of these is most likely to be broken and which one of these is least likely to be broken? Well, don't give me Ripken because I've already told you that's not going to be broken ever. Well, okay, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Okay, well, I already answered it. Well, uh, well, you hear the other ones first. So, so Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak. Um. But I would argue potentially, does anybody win 511 games? Cy Young? No, we have pitch counts. and No, no, no. That's off the table, too. Okay, that's off the table, too. Uh, is anybody else striking out over 5,000? Nolan Ryan. My boy, so. Nolan Ryan. No, no. That goes back to pitch counts. and I mean, no. The answer is no. And then also longevity. I mean, you know, he's – I think his rookie year was 68, and he retired right around the strike in 94, roughly around that time. So. Well, I've got to call into Robin Ventura to double-check that. He's not in the back oh. yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, let's see. Pete Rose, hits. Anybody going to get 4,000 hits ever again? No, no chance. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you building a case that these records are better than Cal Ripken Jr.'s? I'm saying potentially. I mean, this is. I mean, yeah, you got to have the wherewithal and the will to come to work every day, but uh, to put up the numbers. I mean, that takes longevity. Just like uh, it, all these are longevity records. Obviously, Cy Young played in a different era. I don't even know if we could call that a modern record or not. Well, Cal Ripken Jr. Uh, put up the numbers while he was doing this. By the way, let's not forget that. Oh, he's Hall of Famer, three thousand hits, all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, okay. World Series champion. Well, give give me good some stuff. give me some more records here. I like where you're going. It's, it sounds fun. So that's and I had one more. Um, always fascinated by it with is the uh, fifty six game hitting streak by DiMaggio. Uh, well, conventional wisdom tells you absolutely not. But if Dan Ugla can get to like what thirty four, thirty five. Nobody's got above 44. Since. But Ugla got to like 30-something. He was like 33. Who he? I met personally last summer, by the way. Great dude. Great dude. Met him in Alpharetta, Tennessee Georgia, at a ballpark. Shook my son's yeah. hand. Great dude. But with that, all that being said, no, none of those will be broken. Wilt Chamberlain scoring 100, none of those will be broken. So, those five I give you, though, which one do you think is most likely? Is it is it DiMaggio's the one that's got the chance to be broken? Um, Rose is 4,000 hits. What was his number? 4,192. Oh, man. It's a great question. You can't get lucky 57 games in a row. I mean, that's 17 Texas Leaguers, 10 homers, 20 doubles. And 
with all the shifts we have yeah. and all the you want to say that's it because it's it they're more of a that that's a more of a condensed shorter time span you're you're betting on a you're betting on two months versus twenty five years man if Mike Trout could pay play twenty five years I say four thousand hits but man. Well, he's going, he's going to lose at least probably 110 games this year. Yes, he is. You're right. Oh, man. One more time. Be quick for the sake of radio. You got Ripken. You got Rose. You got DiMaggio. What was the other one? Uh, Nolan Ryan. 5,000. And then, and then Cy Young. And then, like I said, I don't know if we can put that one there. What was Cy Young's? 511. Oh, no chance. Ain't none of them getting broken, Brandon. You know it before you asked me that question. Well, I'm saying the, the, the most likely, if you had to say one, could be. Yeah. Which one would you say? It, God, it would have to be hits. So you think Rose over DiMaggio? Yeah. I mean, okay. again, conventional wisdom tells you DiMaggio's. But, man, I mean, if you if you play in the NL West, you're going to face – Clayton Kershaw or Walker Walker Bueller or Zach Grinky so many times, you know, I, I just I can't do it. It's got to be hits, and it's not going to be hits. But if if I had to choose one, it's got to be roses. I mean, you got to think the other prolific for me, like the strikeout total is tough too. I mean, it's just well, roses and Maggio's are the only ones on the table. That it's okay. okay. Well, I mean, don't you agree though? I'm I'm asking. I'm not telling. Yeah, and I was just making the argument, like, you know, we see these strikeout guys like Randy Johnson or Clemens who played for a long time, but they still don't touch Ryan's record. So I was just making the argument that I don't think anybody can get there. Well, yeah, strikeouts uh, and wins goes back to pitch counts. And no, that, that's just not happening. Yeah, happening. Um, I mean, I think Ryan struck out 380 people one year. I mean, that's just, it's just ridiculous. And, and at a time where contact was king, I mean, so it's just unreal. Um, I I think I go with the hidden streak. I think that's just that chance. Just if I had to go to Vegas and put a bet on one of them, I I think I'm gonna bet on that potentially getting broken over somebody being healthy and hitting at a high level for twenty years. I mean, you get two hundred hits for twenty years, you're still you're just now hitting four thousand. You need another year. Okay, it, it, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I would counter that with this. What if I told you Mike Trout had the bloodlines of Julio Franco? Now we're talking, right, baby? <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, are you speaking of Julio? If you, um, I don't know if you've seen the uh, on the MLB app and website, they've been doing a little series of better than you remember them being. or I can't remember the exact title, but they've been going back and, and looking at older or players who've long since retired, Julio Franco being one of them, I believe was today, uh, just said, hey, Julio was a whole lot better than we remember him being. We remember him being well. Yeah, but I'm saying if you just, oh, if you just don't think about we're, it. We're race fans, so. Well, we got some good years out of Julio. We called him Dirt because he was older than Dirt, but Julio Dirt. Yeah, but we didn't. We didn't even get his good years though. I mean, you know, he was with Texas and Cleveland, and and you know, had put up numbers in in those places. I just want you to understand you know. right now that Nolan Ryan 
1977, pitched 22 complete games. Excuse me. He pitched 26 in 1974 and 73, and that didn't even lead the league. Yeah. I was watching something the other day. I think it was like a highlight show for – I mean, just to show where we've come. This was 85, I think. Uh, if you remember, John Tudor pitched for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes, I'm aware of John Tudor. Yeah, through 10 shutouts in 85. Well, he's a Cardinal. Not just complete games. Through 10 shutouts. I mean, we're not getting – nobody's scratching 10 complete games, much less 10 shutouts now. Oh, Lord, no. Of course not. 332 innings. 300, okay, and 73 over 300, and 74 over 300, 299 and 77, and Nolan Ryan again. All right. Nolan Ryan is the ultimate argument against the pitch count. Yeah, 100% correct. You've got, you've got fourth guys in your rotation making $14 million a year who you're hoping – you get 125 innings out of. Well, that's crazy. And you go back to the late 60s, early 70s, and the Orioles staffs had four 20-game winners. I mean, it's just uh, – just like we said, baseball folks, we're a different breed. We kind of like how the game's been played, and when stuff changes, some of us don't like it as much. <laughs> no. we. I mean, we we own it. We are different. Um, there's not a lot to be told regarding it. I mean, but we're beautiful different. I'll say that. It's just who we are. Well, I'm glad you think I'm beautiful. Uh, I appreciate that. I said we. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, before we get out of here, Matt, I always, I said I'd save this for later. I always do a little history for our folks. I think this is probably kind of fitting currently. Uh, so I'll give you my on this day in history in 1907. Do you, do you recall that year, 1907? Good year, not. Let's see. Um, I may have been at a speakeasy. No, that was during Prohibition. That was way after that. No, no, don't yeah. Recall. All right. So uh, this day, 1907, researcher George Soper publishes the results of his investigation into recent typhoid outbreaks in the New York area and announces that Mary Mallon is the likely source of the outbreak. Did, did, did you know, she come back from COVID too to start COVID well, with? Do you, know, do you know Mary Mallon's real name? I mean, well, not her real name, but what, her, what we call her now. Mary Typhoid? She is Typhoid Mary. Oh, Adam, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I apologize. There you go. Come come back around there. The recent I even told you all the stuff there, but yeah, that was uh, the term typhoid Mary. That came from this day in 1907. All right, so I've went down a rabbit hole here. Yeah. So I just pulled up a random fourth starter, and the random like fourth starter in somebody's <laughs> current rotation. I went Anibal Sanchez, Brace Brace Link right here. So back to a four starter making fourteen million dollars a year, or whatever I said. Anibal went twenty one games started. No, I went innings. One hundred and twenty six and fourteen, one fifty seven and fifteen, one fifty three, one oh five. So he he's clipping good old Nolan Ryan's in half. Okay, and again, Maybe. solid career helped them. Yeah, he's got a ring. Helped them lead. 
uh, or help lead the Nationals to a ring. Now, as I'm on baseball reference, let me make sure. Please let me get the salary for good the sake of good radio. I can't not. So my point is, he's hitting up 120 innings. Oh, Nolan's out there with his Advil throwing 320. Nolan, I did not hit up with his salary, but that was way back when. So we can all say that right now, 126 innings out of Anibal Sanchez, it got the boy $18 million coming up in 2021. And Anibal no Sanchez has made a a total of $108,524,000 in his career. Tell me, players and owners, how you're all not making money. Anibal Sanchez, how many of our listeners, if we have 100 listeners to this episode, how many of them has ever heard the name Anibal Sanchez, Brandon? We got a couple. We got a couple, a couple out of 100. Okay, nice. We got some Braves fans. They'll, they'll remember Anibal. So, Washington Nationals, are you going to tell me that you're losing money? But yet you're paying Anibal Sanchez? Your fourth starter in your rotation, $18 million next year? None of it adds up on both sides. It's that simple. Well, like we said at the beginning of the show, and we'll end the show with it, this is Man Up Monday. So, everybody, man up. Do what's right. And hopefully we'll have some baseball here soon, Matt. I mean, good Lord. Monday moron, man up. If I can admit last week, how I had to man up and admit that I was a complete Monday moron idiot that I forgot my own anniversary to my uh, beautiful wife. You can man up, athletes, owners, and you can get what you need to get done. And let's get the show on the road. Is that we're honestly asking too much to do what you're supposed to do? No, totally with you, brother. And, uh, just hopefully we'll get that soon. All right, man. Anything else out the door before we get out the door? Uh, one quick message from uh, from daughter of the show, which would be I'm the only person with the daughter of the show. Uh, my daughter, Corinne, just wanted to say hi to all the listeners of the Matt and B show. So I've, I've said that now, so she'll be happy. And uh, with that, man, I think that's all we got today. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want, I want to tell your daughter, Corinne. As well, I also want to ask you: Are you not going to ask how uh, baseball went this weekend for racing coy? Really? Are we just not going to acknowledge that at all? Well, we talked of it, but you can you can share. Well, we brought home a sec- racist team. My tenu team brought home a second place, and I'm still pretty pissed off that we didn't win the championship. So, thanks for bringing it up, Brandon. Well, I knew it was a sore spot. I didn't want to bring it up. Well, I understand. Already fired up about baseball. I didn't want to get fired up anymore about anything else. Well, but, uh, uh, my, as always, my tenure team is all the baseball that you have to talk about right now, so you just remember that. We'll, we'll break them down Friday <laughs> along with along with the uh, next edition of the Friday Five. We'll post that this week. 
Uh, always love doing that with all of our listeners. And as always, send those suggestions to the Matt and B Show at gmail.com. Hey, we need them. Uh, we, we need them. We honestly have not had any forethought into our next Friday fight. So send them. Send them. Let's hear them. Send them. We've, we've had some suggestions, and we'll look through those suggestions, see what we like. Um, hopefully, we'll find something that you like. And if you like this show, let us know. Share with your friends. Tell them to listen in here on the Matt and B Show. And with Matt, this is B. We will catch you all on Friday.